This is Marriage to the Max, Episode 67. Another episode of Marriage to the Max. I'm your host, Kelly Hurst. Hello, this is Brett Hurst. <laughs> and you are Brett Hurst. And we're marriage educators and founders of Home Encouragement. And this podcast is designed to help you take your marriage to the next level. Well, we're back! All right. Where have you been? I know. Well, <laughs> we've been around, but right. our listeners have probably possibly been wondering where we are. We've actually had a couple of listeners say, I'm, st- I'm still subscribed to Marriage to the Max. What gives? Where have y'all been? We were um, doing local radio. So. We were taking a stab at local radio in 2015, and I think we bit off a tad more than we could chew. And uh, so we had to kind of just focus on radio for 2015, and the podcast kind of got on the back burner. But we are getting back to podcasting. We've decided that that's really where our heart is, and we really enjoy our audience that's building in the podcast world. And um, so we're we're back. I'm excited. 2016, we will be throwing up a lot more episodes. So I'm really happy that we're doing it again. All right. Well, today's episode is called Keeping Your Marriage Strong While Raising little ones. I can't wait to unpack this. <laughs> well, and while it has been quite a while since you and I, Brett Hurst, have had little ones in the house. Just a few years. We yes. are going to attempt to give our listeners some really good takeaways because this is one of those really common questions that we get whenever we present somewhere or teach on marriage at a retreat or at an event, mm-hmm. we inevitably end up having a conversation with a couple who has young kids at home. And they will typically look at us with kind of sleep-deprived, glazed-over faces, and they'll say, how in the world are we supposed to have date nights? Like, how, how? They're like, hey, we've been listening to everything you've said, <laughs> but we have small kids, so it yeah. all goes out the window. Yeah, because, I mean, you're exhausted when you're raising little kids. You never get a moment to yourself, or rarely. Mm-hmm. You have zero uninterrupted time because of all the demands of the kids. And, you know, how are you supposed to have a date night? How are you supposed to to have FaceTime and all the stuff that we um, try to teach. So it is a valid concern, and yep. we get it, because we were there once, too. Yep. In fact, I was just talking to a friend this weekend who's in the middle of a divorce, and, and I was just kind of asking him, you know, what he's learning along the way. And he said, you know, from my perspective, he goes, things were really great before the kids came along. And it's not that he doesn't love his kids. Right. It's just that things started to kind of break down from that point. So everything does change when you bring a baby into the family, you know, you've, that speaks to one of the myths we've talked about in the past that one of the marriage myths of many is that uh, having kids is actually going to bring you closer together. It, it does in one sense, but in a lot of practical applications, it does not at all. It just divides your time. Yeah, it does. I mean, you've got more humans in your house now, and you've got demanding humans. There's just your energy is just split. Your loyalty sometimes feels like it's divided, you know. And, and of course, so, we love our kids. Absolutely. We love our kids. And so parenting takes over, and sometimes the marriage gets 
put on hold mm-hmm. or kind of put on the back burner. And that's what we're going to try to talk about today. So the first thing I just try to say to especially couples who are just really overwhelmed with being so tired and so distracted with child rearing is that this season is going to pass. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> it doesn't feel like it right now, but believe it or not, it's probably going to pass faster than you think it's going to. You're mm-hmm. going to get on the other side of it and be like, wow, just a few years ago, we were raising babies. Um, and so I just try to encourage couples like not to get overwhelmed with how tired you are and how distracted you are and how long it feels like it's been since you've had an adult conversation with your spouse. And just to realize that this is just a season and, and just know that it will pass. Right. And we've had a lot of recent conversation over the last several years now that we're empty nesters and we can look back at what were the more active parenting years for us. And and this is the stage we think of a lot is yeah. when they were little. And that, that I mean, we, we liked all the stages, but this was one of our favorite stages. And we have not forgotten how exhausted you are yeah. and all these things that you're talking about, all the things about you know, feeling like you have no time to yourself yeah. and, and all that kind of stuff. But No no privacy, no, no bandwidth at all. Just But like any other stage of marriage any, and any other stage of parenting, every stage has its own things that are special as well as the challenges that go along with it. Yeah, for sure. We also try to tell couples to, if they can, focus on the little things, you know, the day-to-day stuff, the little sweet things that you can do for each other. You can make small changes that communicate love to your spouse. You don't have to get caught in the trap of thinking that everything has to be a grand gesture, you know, because, I mean, frankly, you may not have the time for a grand gesture, you know. Mm -hmm. So things like looking your spouse in the eye and saying, I love you every day, that may not sound like much, but... Those little things really do add up. Means you know, a lot to me. I know. A five to thirty second daily kiss. You five know. to thirty? Yeah, somewhere in there. So five, <laughs> ten, fifteen, twenty, twenty five, thirty. Twenty nine seconds for right. Brett Hurst. Those are important. Making your connection points count. We talked to couples about how marriage experts say there are three important connection points in your day. It's mm-hmm. when you say goodbye in the morning or when you part in the beginning of the day, then when you reunite at the end of the day, like maybe after work, and then how you say goodnight to each other. And um, you can make the most of those moments, you know, just make sure you're kind of looking each other in the eye and not just kind of ships passing in the night or just, you know, quick kiss on the cheek, um, really kind of make those connection points count. Mm-hmm. And we talk about too, about pursuing each other, not just physically, but I mean, showing interest in each other, mm-hmm. you know, uh, even when you're tired, um, a lot of young parents can fall into the trap of being just, you just get into kind of boring conversations about sippy cups and diapers <laughs> and organic baby food and, you know, all this kind of stuff. And, and I know that's a huge part of your mm-hmm. world right now. Yeah, but you kinda, don't you don't have is your world. Yeah, but you don't have to become those parents, you know, the kind of adults who just have nothing interesting to talk about because all they do is talk about babies and mm-hmm. you know spit up and everything else. So 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 practically what I hear you saying is that you kind of have to give yourselves active permission to have those conversations even while you're doing the parenting thing. Yeah. Maybe even while you're changing diapers, have adult conversations and Yeah. You We're going to get into that a little bit more as the episode goes on, but just how can you really um, practically carve out time? Mm-hmm. You know, what does it really look like in real time? Right. 
Yeah. So, and we also tell couples try to incorporate things that you can look forward to. Mm, um, that's big. Yeah, because sometimes the days and the weeks can drag on, and if you don't have something on the horizon to just kind of get excited about, you can start to just feel even depressed. Mm-hmm. You know, just like you're in your own little world. So, put something on your calendar that kind of boosts your spirits, and that can be something little, like just going and getting ice cream together. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. on an afternoon or something. Right. Then again, it doesn't have to be that big. You know a gesture of grandeur. It just has to be something that you can look forward to. Yeah. And at that stage, it is a big deal. Yeah, it is a big Oh, for sure. Yeah. When we had little moments that we could just have uninterrupted time, it was huge. Yeah. yeah we're going to unpack that in a little bit. We thought we were traveling around the world just to go yeah. get a lemonade somewhere. <laughs> go get some Froyo. Right. The big thing we try to tell couples in all stages of their marriage, but particularly when you've got young kids at home, is you have to make sure you have date experience. Experiences. Mm-hmm. Now, notice that I didn't say date nights because you don't have to always have date nights. You know, the traditional Saturday night, dress up, get the sitter, go paint the town red kind of thing. Mm-hmm. There's some seasons you just can't do that. You know, right. we were there for sure. We There well, were plenty of seasons where we didn't have enough money that's right. for it's a expensive. sitter. And yeah, it can right. really be uh, costly. So certain seasons can kind of prevent you from doing the traditional da- date nights. And so we like thinking outside the box and just having a date experience. So that could be something as simple as just meeting for lunch during the work week, you know, Mm -hmm. maybe your kids are in Mother's Day out or something like that. And you can swing, you know, a, a little quick lunch with your spouse. Or it could just mean like meeting on the couch with a glass of wine after the kids have gone to bed. Mm -hmm. You know, it doesn't have to be a big deal. It just needs to be time where you're kind of focused on one another. You know, we talk about how there there's some there's some main criteria for a date experience, and that is no kids. Yeah. Because kids just, I don't know, that's family time, but that's not a date, Mm -hmm. you know. Number two, be mindful. So, like, if your normal autopilot thing is to come to the couch with a glass of wine after the kids go to bed, that's fine. But if you're just going to, like, veg out and watch TV, don't call that a date experience. And Mm -hmm. it's fine to do that. Not You know, we do that, too. Yeah, Um, Everybody needs those times. Yeah, but but just being in the same room isn't a date experience. Mm -hmm. You know, turn the TV off, just kind of, you know, sit and talk about something other than the kids, something maybe other than work, Mm -hmm. um, if you can. Oh, and then the the third criteria is do something enjoyable. Mm-hmm. So again, that doesn't have to be something expensive. It doesn't even have to be something away from the house mm-hmm. necessarily. We've unpacked this a little bit before in other podcasts, but it's worth saying again, when our kids were young, we would do at-home dates. Mm-hmm. And um, I want to say Sarah was like six and Caleb was two when we kind of started doing this. Like she was old enough to kind of quote, be in charge, you know, be the, <laughs> the, the quote little babysitter at the house. She was in charge <laughs> long true. before Out Caleb. of the womb, yeah, she was in charge. She but, started um, <laughs> out in charge. But anyway, we just kind of trained them where there were some Friday nights where one of us would take the kids to Blockbuster and rent a VHS. Yes, this is how long ago. This is 20 years ago. Right. We take them and rent a VHS and get them like McDonald's or whatever their little favorite, you know, fast food was. The other one of us would go and get our favorite Italian takeout or whatever. Right. We'd meet back at the house and then we'd set the kids up in our bedroom, which was a huge treat, and they could eat fast food and watch a movie and fall asleep in our bedroom, which was off the charts a treat. I mean, that was like a huge deal for them. And we would tell them, you know, mom and dad are going to go downstairs and have a date night. We'd get out the good china. We light the candles. We'd put the music on. 
And even if it was just an hour and a half, that was just our time. And I was trying to think about this as I was putting together this episode. I was trying to think of like, did it take us a long time to train Sarah and Caleb to do that? I'm sure it probably did. I love how you say train them. It's like like we gave them Scooby snacks hey, or something. Hey, I was not they... above that. I, I was not above any kind of bribe. In fact, I would tell them, unless someone is bleeding, no one is leaving this bedroom. Right. Like you are falling asleep in here and enough said... But And I'm sure we probably had a few times where it was kind of we're schlepping them back and forth and putting them back down, you know, and mm-hmm. going back and, and having our date. But I know it didn't take very long. Like, it just took a few times before they started learning, oh, this is important to mom and dad. They This is their time. You know, we would call it, this is our at-home date night, and mm-hmm. you guys better get in line, <laughs> you right. know? And so it just, you know, some people think, oh, that sounds like so much trouble to kind of like get our kids to understand that. It really doesn't take them long. And if you give them something to look forward to themselves, mm-hmm. like we, you know, would do with the fast food and the video and stuff, they, they enjoyed it. And yeah. they ended up having fun. Definitely so, loved it, for sure. Yeah, so you can just kind of think creatively about how to have those date experiences. So something to remember, too, when you're, um, <laughs> if you do get to go out on a date and you get to hire a babysitter, you know, and you might even be like really tired and think, oh, this is about the last thing I want to do is like put heels on and go out, you know. Mm-hmm. And and sometimes your kids are like <laughs> screaming and crying Don't and they're, like, they're leeching onto you while Don't. you're trying to like go and get in the car. I have abandonment issues. Yeah. And I just want to say this, your three-year-old is not going to remember that moment of trauma three minutes from now. They're yeah. going to be fine, but your spouse will remember not feeling like a priority. Yeah, well, that's true. And so we just need to kind of think that way sometimes. Mm -hmm. And I know it can be difficult, especially like I hear from a lot of working moms who who work full-time outside the home. And so like when they get home or they have their weekend, they want to be with their kids because they've been in daycare all week or they've been with the nanny all week. And I get that. And that's, you know, perfectly natural and and That's one situation, yeah. It is. But I still say you've still got to give some priority to your marriage because like we always say, the marriage is what started the family. Mm -hmm. The marriage is hopefully what's going to still be around when those kiddos grow up and start their own families. It's going to be back to you and your spouse again. So Mm -hmm. it's important, I think, to to prioritize that. Yeah, no, I agree with you. We always talk about just kind of having a general mindset in your marriage or in your family of creating what we call a marriage-centric family rather than a kid-centric family. Which is a little bit countercultural now. It is so countercultural. But ironically, uh, you know, research has kind of shown that what creates a healthier self-esteem in your kids mm-hmm. is when they know that mom and dad love each other and they prioritize that relationship. Right. Kids don't really need the pressure of feeling like the world revolves around them. No, no, but they get a lot of benefit of feeling the security that their parents' marriage is a priority for their parents. Exactly. Yeah, and it gives them a sense of security. Yeah, and so I think when your kids are young, that's really the best time to begin moving in that direction. Mm-hmm. It's a little harder when they're older to try to, you know, branch off and kind of do your thing. Right. Start when they're babies. Well, and then meanwhile, for the sake of your marriage, it's obviously beneficial because you, you don't want to wait till your kids are 10 or 12 I know. <laughs> before you start focusing on your marriage again because the two of you may have really grown apart by then. That's a whole decade of yeah. not connecting, you know. I know. So that's, that's that can be scary to think about. Well, and I think another important thing is to not overschedule yourself with activities outside the home. And, mm-hmm. and you know, this is not lip service we're talking about. Managing a family is a full-time job. 
So it's challenging to say this, but to make an effort to not overextend yourself with outside activities, boy, this is really tough for Americans Mm -hmm. now, I think. It was hard for us. We had to Mm -hmm. get to a point with extracurricular activities. And we're not talking about ours. We're talking about the kids. Yeah. You know, that volunteering we had, at your school or your kid's school and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, all and, that. We finally had to say, okay, for this season, what's the, what's the sport you're going to play? Or mm-hmm. for this season, what's the musical experience you're going to be working on? Or, you know, not just layers and layers of mm-hmm. all kinds of activity. It's tricky because you want your kids to experience all kinds of things and have a well rounded life. We get all that. But if you can't keep your sanity while you're doing it, well, then what's the point? Yeah, exactly. We also talk about trying to make sure you're finding time for yourself, especially when your kids are young, Mm -hmm. which can sound really difficult. But productivity experts say that Americans are not very good at recovering from our overscheduled lives. Mm -hmm. We have a tendency to just kind of fall on the couch and veg out to TV. And I get that. I I have evenings when I need to do that, too. And and there's nothing wrong with that. But that's not really recovery. That's Mm -hmm. not really restorative time for us. Mindful habits are what restores us to find. um, So we need to find something that restores us in a mindful, healthy way, like reading a book Mm -hmm. or going for a walk or even something like taking a bubble bath or, Mm -hmm. you know, working on a hobby. Something that stimulates you more than just vegging out watching TV. Yeah. We're not anti-TV. Oh, I love TV. (laughs) We've watched TV as much as anyone we know. I love Netflix. (laughs) Right. But but there is a difference. Yeah. I know the difference when... When I'm watching TV mindfully Mm -hmm. and when I'm being a vegetable and just like toast, you know, I I can't have a conversation with anyone. I'm just toast a vegetable. Well, um, it is in my world. So just thinking about finding ways to rest, but finding ways that really recover you as well, because, you know, you're tired and you're you're overscheduled. Or your favorite phrase, feed your soul. Feed your soul. Oh, man, we should do a whole podcast episode on that. Oh, I don't know. Note to self. I'm writing that episode. Just as long as you don't coach me on how to feed my soul. Okay, well, we'll have to incorporate that argument (laughs) into the podcast for sure. Such a Um, classic argument. Okay, so here's, I I just want to say a quick little, we have a word to hubbies and a word to wives. And I want to say the word to hubbies here. Particularly if your wife happens to be a stay-at-home mom or a work-from-home mom, Mm -hmm. and she's with the babies or the kids all day long. Mm -hmm. Be sensitive to your wife by understanding that she has possibly been hung on by human beings all day long. Right. Everyone has like skin to skin needs. You know, we all need some level of physical touch and everything. But she may have met that quota and beyond. Right. By, the, hu- the husband may have that yeah. need, but she's already had that need. And met. that's kind of what I'm trying to say is like mm-hmm. hubs, you know, the ones who whose wives are at home all day with kids. Mm-hmm. And then they come home and they want that physical intimacy too and that physical attention. And she's just like, I cannot touch another human being. So do you think it's valuable to even schedule some intimate time, even sexual intimate time, even though as we've talked many times on this podcast before, that's doesn't seem very spontaneous, doesn't even seem that romantic, but mm-hmm. it's a lot less romantic to just not do it at all right? and then grow far, further and further apart. Yeah, no, we, we tell couples all the time that sometimes you just have to schedule it. Mm-hmm. It doesn't. It doesn't really matter. I mean, I guess we all would hope that we're we, we're living some Hollywood movie at our house, and you know, we're libidos happen at the same time, and we're both in the mood, and we're throwing off our clothes, and you know, we climax at the same time, and like wow. <laughs> 
<laughs> but it doesn't. Gonna, <laughs> this is becoming life. my favorite episode. <laughs> that's not real life. That's in the movies. Oh, I mean, it just shoot. doesn't happen. It's not real life. <laughs> Once in a while, maybe, but most of the time, let someone's me, let in me the know mood. When it's real life. <laughs> someone's in the mood and someone's not in the mood, or someone's tired and someone's not tired. You know, so or someone's stressed and someone's not stressed. So um, I just think like I'm you still know, back a few paragraphs. Yeah, ago, so. I know. Now you're no longer listening yeah, to useless. anything I say. But the the husbands here can really help in terms of just understanding that they your wife may not be pushing you off. It's just that she's had skin to skin contact all day long. Mm-hmm. And so once in a while, I remember when our kids were young, you would come home and sometimes you would just be like, you know what, go take a bubble bath or go watch something on TV. I've got the kids for a half hour, an hour, or I'll bathe the kids and put them to bed. Mm-hmm. You know, once in a while, that was really nice to just kind of be able to take off the mommy hat and just breathe, you know, and have a little bit of space. And husbands can really be a huge gift that way, mm-hmm. you know. To, to help that happen. Yeah, to help that happen. Right. So we also have a word to wives, and this is kind of an interesting one. This may sound like kind of an old-fashioned complaint, but we actually still hear men say once in a while that he feels a little bit left out once I, baby comes along. I hear that a lot more than once in a while. I hear that from a lot of young first-time dads. Yeah, and we we hear them say this, and and what what they'll typically say is, before we had the baby, you know, my wife, I felt like I was an equal partner with my wife. I felt like we gave each other the right amount of attention. I felt like we just kind of had a good rhythm of how we showed love to each other. And now all of a sudden, I feel like I'm kind of this third wheel. Mm -hmm. You know, I feel like I'm just, I don't matter as much, or I feel like I'm competing for her attention. And I feel like the natural pushback for a lot of women is to go, seriously, you know, I've got an actual baby who needs Mm -hmm. my care and attention, not a six foot man who thinks he's a baby. Like, you know, so I understand that kind of, you know, pushback. But I would just say to women, rather than getting irritated by that, just try being sensitive about it. Mm -hmm. Because if the roles were reversed, and let's say your husband was the overly nurturing, you know, really hands-on parent, and you felt like you were competing for his attention, it would be the same way. You know, it's not really gender necessarily. So that may sound kind of like an old-fashioned complaint, because I know we're in like 21st century and modern marriage and modern parenting and all that. But men can sometimes still feel that way. Yeah. I heard a lot. So I think, too, you might even find, you might just ask your husband, like, is this how you feel? You know, and kind of get his reading on that. Mm -hmm. You might even ask him to maybe step in and help with the baby in ways that pulls you out a little bit Mm -hmm. so that you can feel a little more energized. And then maybe you're more available to just, you know, have uh, more attention and affection with your husband, too. So Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. Okay, so of course we have to move to sex. Well, well we've kind of we been dancing around it here for a second, but um, this is a huge this is a huge issue for parents who have kids at home because they're so tired. In fact, I heard a statistic once that said a woman would let's say forty percent of women would prefer a nap over sex. And I remember thinking, I can't believe it's that low of a percentage. Seriously, I thought it would be like 90% of women when they're at that stage where they're just parenting and they're so exhausted all the time. Joyce Penner has this kind of neat distinguishing idea because (laughs) sometimes sex is a sacrifice. Let's just be honest. Sometimes it's a sacrifice of love. You want to show up and be there for your spouse, but you really are not craving it, you know, for whatever reason. Well, I'm ready to sacrifice for you. I know. You're the most sacrificial 
official man in the world when in that area, I got to say. But she talks about the difference between um, duty sex, like D-U-T-Y, like showing up and doing your duty. Because Uh frankly, no partner in the world wants to be with someone who's just like, all right, let's get this over with. Yeah. Are you done yet? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I've got other things I really need to be doing. But she says sometimes you do just have to show up and you're not really in the mood or whatever, but you want to be there for your spouse. So she calls that decision sex. Uh-huh. So not duty sex, but decision sex. Maybe a little bit of a nuanced difference, but the idea is I'm showing up for my spouse. You know, I don't really care about it right this minute, but he or she does. Mm-hmm. And I want to be there for them. And that's the vow I made was I want to make sure that, you know, I'm loving them well. So there's duty sex and there's decision, decision sex. sex. I'm just here to say I don't discriminate. So <laughs> you will I'm take any sex. Equal opportunity um, <laughs> sex receiver. Excellent. Okay. And then I also wanted to touch on something that I don't know. I hope we don't get like um, mad emails and responses about, but I wanted to touch a little bit on parenting and sleeping habits because I do hear from a lot of couples who will say, you know, like our kids sleep with us in our bed mm-hmm. or in our bedroom, and yeah. and they're kind of wondering why they rarely have sex or any kind of intimacy. And so, you know, the, I was trying to look up like this this um, phrase of attachment parenting, which. I think just the baseline understanding of that definition is just bonding with your child. So I would assume everyone does attachment parenting on some level. But there's some definitions, there are, there are some parts of the movement, I guess, that go all the way to we have to be together every moment of every day with our kids. Right. We have to sleep with them and do all this stuff. Um, so well, attachment... I bought beds for these kids for a reason. (laughs) Attachment parenting can be harmful to your marriage. And so what I mean by that is that the problem is not, of course, creating a bond with your kids. You want to do that. You want to see parents and children bond. But when parenting continually and habitually interferes with your marriage, Mm -hmm. and maybe the spouse feels like they have to compete for your attention, it can start to become a problem. And, you know, I think about the this helicopter parenting, which actually I think that movement is starting to swing. The pendulum is starting to swing back to the center a little bit. But for a while, I it seemed so. like helicopter parents were just everywhere we went. Mm-hmm. And, you know, helicopter parents are the ones who just come in and rescue, Smother. rescue their kids all the time. Yeah. Now there's a new phrase actually called snowplow parenting, uh-huh. which is where you step in and you prevent any kind of suffering at all Good for grief. your kids. I'm just like yeah. <laughs> keeping them completely debilitated, I suppose. Right. So, you know, and the helicopter parent generation came into being because of a rejection of an older generational sure. parenting problem of latchkey kids and kids being left to their alone a lot and that kind of stuff. Some good intentions there to start. But, Absolutely. But know. I think we can just over attach oh, yeah. and over bond with our kids to the, and then we get to that kid centric family that we were talking about earlier. Right. And then as far as like just sleep habits go, I, you know, I really just believe that you need to teach your kids to sleep in their own bed and room at the youngest age possible. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, I guess there's all kinds of experts who would say different opinions on this, but I just feel like, you know, the older your child gets, the harder and more traumatic it is to move them into their own bed and into their own room. It's virtually impossible to create a space for intimacy in your bedroom if your babies are sleeping with you. Well, and this gets back to a bigger, very more macro kind of thing 
idea is the second you become parents, Mm -hmm. you're in the process of letting go. And there's a lot of people that don't want to hear that, Mm -hmm. but this is what you want is for your kids to be able to make, uh, to function independently Mm -hmm. or rather dependently Mm -hmm. themselves upon God, but still when they're 18 or older to function as adults and where that's moving up, that's moving back further and further every year, you know, uh, more and more adult children are living with their parents and so forth. There's all kinds of reasons for that. We're not judging or... Yeah, so you look at your two-year-old and you have to envision he or him or her as a future grown-up. There you go. You know, that's what we're raising. And so you have to think about it that way. You know, there's another aspect to this too that you just want to make sure that you're not using your kids as surrogate spouses. Yeah. You know, where you're at- overly attaching with one of your kids or all your kids and you just kind of aren't creating intimacy at all. And I'm just talking, I'm not talking about just physical intimacy. I'm talking about emotional intimacy as Most well. Um, but also, even if you just threw all of that out the window, the statistics show that parents whose children sleep with them are just less rested. Yeah. You you do not, when our kids used to once in a while, you know, crawl in bed with us, we did not sleep well. Right. And that's one of the things you have to have as a parent is a good night's sleep. Absolutely. You know, we nip that in the bud pretty fast. <laughs> I mean, when we brought our babies home, we had them sleep in a bassinet in our room sure. for a couple of weeks yeah. until everyone kind of got adjusted to, you know, having this new human in the house. But then it wasn't very long and it was, let's put them in their crib, in their room, you know, and teach them. So I hope I don't offend anyone with that idea, but I just want you to think about your marriage mm-hmm. and just think about how this is playing into that because eventually your kids are going to be out the door. Right. And again, we have to reinforce that if uh, kids see that their parents' marriage is strong and stable, and it gives them a greater sense of security, as we said before. Yeah. So that's got to be first, Yeah, is to make sure that the, the most important relationship in the family, the marriage of the parents, is, is kept healthy and intact. Yeah, I agree. And then the last thing is we just encourage parents to put a lock on your bedroom door. Maybe a couple. <laughs> you know, you. I, I like this idea of we teach people how to treat us, mm-hmm. and we teach our kids how to treat us. And, you know, a lot of people think, well, that's disrespectful to your kids to put a lock on your bedroom door. It's actually teaching them boundaries. It's right. actually teaching them respect to understand other people's privacy and space. Most parents want to teach their kids about respect and privacy and space. Right. They need to know that their kids need to understand the same for them as as parents, as as human beings. So (laughs) it teaches good boundaries. I don't know. It kind of reminds me when I would go to my parents' door and it was locked, I just kind of went, huh. Well, guess I better go do something else. Exactly. You know, kids are smart. They'll figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, we feel like marriage is challenging even when children are not in the mix. Mm-hmm. And so don't make it harder than it has to be. You know, try to keep the big picture in mind. And believe it or not, the kind of marriage that you want to have 20 years from now it starts today, mm-hmm. you know, while your kids are sleeping in their crib, hopefully, and you just got to think about it that way. Planning with the end in mind. Absolutely. Well, very good, Cal. Excellent. Well, if you would like to contact us, you can find us at marriagetothemax.org. You can also check out our website at homeencouragement.org. Also, we hope you'll follow us on Facebook and Twitter. And if you have a topic or question you'd like us to discuss on the podcast, send us an email to thehursts, that's H-U-R-S-T-S, at homeencouragement.org, and we will do our best to get it on the air. 
And we hope you'll share the love by rating this podcast on iTunes. It helps us to have more visibility. Well, thanks so much for listening today. And until next time, remember, healthy marriage, healthy world. God bless y'all.